Hi, this is Spark, a podcast about practices and habits that spark deeper love. We're in the second episode of a three-part series talking about attachment. Today I'm joined by Joanne Mulville-Hill. Joanne is from the Dominican Republic, where she practices as a licensed clinical therapist. She recently moved to Utah and will share her personal story with us as a way to encourage us toward deeper, more secure relationships. She's passionate about this topic in particular because of how much it has helped bring healthy change to her personal relationships. I'm so glad she's here to join us today. Thanks for joining us today, Joanne, to talk about security and how we develop a deeper sense of security um, with God and with each other. And in doing so, our practices and habits of love can be a lot deeper. Um, so I just feel thankful to have you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and to be talking about a topic that have changed my way to interact with others. I feel that this is so important, even when not everybody know about it. Mm, That's so great. Would you, first of all, just by way of introduction, maybe you could tell us a little bit about you, uh, a story just to, to know you in a small way as we begin. Yeah, I'm from Dominican Republic. Um, I always feel a little bit shy about my English, but I'm starting to gain more confidence. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. and people ask me sometimes, like, where's your accent from? And I'm like, I'm from Dominican Republic. They their reaction helped me a lot. Oh, good. Um, so yeah, I am a counselor. Um, and after getting married and moving here. I've been like working less on that, but I'm still doing some some work online with my patients from DR. And basically that I'm enjoying the merry life. I'm enjoying being in Utah. I love the weather, even when destroy my face, like it's so dry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm learning about my hair, but has been really good. And I love the people. The community it's so open um miss you has been amazing with me so hmm. uh, yeah I think that's that's basically it that's so good just to have you know just a little snapshot snapshot in some ways of you and yeah. just enjoy you enjoy you a lot so maybe first we can talk about where you got your idea of God from or how you understand like relationship or security in relationship and that just can be the launching pad for this conversation yeah of course I um the gospel was presented to me when I was four um my brother died and obviously in that process of trying to understand the death um my parents they were not available because they were grieving Um, But people from church, they came um, to us. And when they introduced the gospel was really something that I was needing in that moment. But I think that that shaped a lot the way that I was going to meet and have a relationship with God. Because was like in the moments of pain and in the moments of having nobody really close to you to you available he's going to be there for you and he loves you and he understands what you're going through so 
I start like knowing about God, but learning about stories from the Bible too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was my my first way to to know about him. And I keep growing, right? I keep being part of the community. And I think that was in my early 20s when I was really wanting to have a relationship um, that I started noticing that for me was really hard to feel secure in a relationship with others. And when I was in that process, I, I met a couple of people and I was feeling the same anxiety and I was feeling like this person, I, I'm not sure if I like this person, if this person is interested in me. I was having a lot of doubts about my look or, you know, so I decided to start going to therapy. And, and that was perfect because they asked me like, okay, why you think this is happening? Is this person available emotionally? And I noticed that they were not. I was feeling attracted to people that they were not emotionally available. And they said, okay, so what can we do about it? When this start? And in that conversation, like in working through that for obviously a long period of time, I realized that my mom, what she wanted the most in the world was to have kids but was a challenge that she was not completely ready for because she grew up without her mom and she was she felt that just being present was going to be enough to give maybe that secure attachment even when I think she didn't know about the concept right but when things got really hard she was like why I have these kids you know Sometimes life gets really hard for us as individuals. And when you have kids that depend on you emotionally and financially and in many other ways, that's challenging. And my mom was really vocal about it. So for me, I can see how I internalize that, that a person can love me deeply uh, and in crazy ways one day but another day could regret having me, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I grew up and I feel the need of having that reassurance. And when a person gave me just a little bit of love could be enough for me to believe that I could get a relationship, a deep relationship with that person and keep that one, but it's not true, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel that the danger with this is that when we are not aware of what is our type of attachment, you just keep like having a relationship with others in that way. And that's not maybe the way that you want to have the relationship. So when I realized how I was doing this, I was able to say like, okay, is this person available emotionally? That was kind of my first question. And I knew that because I was wanting to solve maybe issues from my childhood, I could get uh, like stalker. Uh, I could want to be there, but that was not, I didn't need to solve the issue that I had with my mom with another person. But if I'm not aware of that, I'm gonna keep trying to, as an adult, like 
it's something that I know that we're not completely conscious, but we could work on it, that not trying to solve our issues from our child, our childhood um, in, in our partner. So yeah, for me, that, that was work. You just cut out. Okay. Yeah. So it's that internet sounds stable right now. So we but just I, it's had me. a little interruption. It was, you disappeared for a little second. So yeah, just made me finish up the thought that you have. Yeah. Summarize yeah. it. Yeah, I think that my point is that first, the way that I met God has an impact on the way that I was looking for him. But in a second place, the way that I learned to have the interact, to have relationships with others that end up shaping a lot of how I relate to God too. Because I can see how I could be, I use the word anxious because that's one of the type of attachment, but it's really like that uncertainty of if I'm really close to God, if he's really taking care of me, if I'm doing the things right, because even as a kid, I was wanting to do things right. So my mom loved me today. Right. And when as kids, we are really egocentric. We think that everything is in our hands and that you can do the things to make everything work, right? So I could tell that in my relationship with God was kind of the same. And if pain come through, it was maybe because I was not doing the right thing. Tomorrow I can do it better. I need to be up earlier to have a devotional that's because I didn't being younger I remember that even like worshiping God was like something that I create some doubts in my head like I'm really worshiping from my heart or, or it's just because I know the song right so I think that one of the the characters of God that really helps me it's knowing that he doesn't change but I learned that and I could appreciate that better when I grew up and was able to understand that because being a kid, the way that I understood love, that for me, it's really important to, to mark that because sometimes parents feel guilty of, am I being constant? Am I giving a secure attachment? And honestly, it's not everything just in one side. It's how the kid is receiving that too. Um, so knowing that from God, he's always giving me that secure attachment, that it's more based in my interpretation, in my internal dialogue, that it's that anxiety that helped me a lot to, to work on have that secure, secure attachment with him too. So what are some of the things that you did? Like, it's so beautiful to me that you, there's these things that you're paying attention to in your life and you're realizing the kind of connection or relationship that you want isn't happening. And so you like pay attention to that. And then you have these huge self realizations about um, what your relationship and how you just described it with God, that there's like an anxiety that is located in you that is then 
kind of transferred onto your relationship with God or translated onto your relationship with others. And then you just said that there were things that you did, like you, you did things to help. Um, I'd love to hear what some of those things are that, um, or the practices that you had that helped you to develop more a sense of security. And I'm sure that's ongoing. Like it's not just all fixed, but yeah, but I think that slowing down helps a lot because sometimes we just react to things in kind of an impulsive way. And if if we take the moment to to think if this is really how I want to react or is this coming from my fear or is this coming from um, me feeling secure, confident, I think that helps a lot. Um, I've been talking about my type of attachment, that it's the anxious, but um, something that happens a lot when people eat uh, evasive, I think that's the word, is that sometimes they miss a lot their partner, but when their partner is there, they feel that it's suffocating, you know, like you are too close now, or when the, or they usually feel that the other person is too needy. And it's like, are you feeling threat by the person being there? What is really going on? When you take the time to really hear yourself and not just read the room based on that type of, um, because it's part of how we learn, right? I think being conscious about it really helps. Um, I really believe in counseling, you know, like looking for, Uh, having conversations, not just with your therapist, but with others that make you feel more secure, space where you can be vulnerable, because it's a a topic of vulnerability and intimacy. Where are you being vulnerable? Where are you being intimate? And and expose yourself a little bit. So I think that helps me a lot. And if a person realizes that they don't have that space or they don't have that person with who they could be vulnerable, that's a great sign that you need to work on this, right? Like <laughs> this is a moment. Um, so yeah, and these type of conversations are hard in the beginning, but after you start doing it and feel so good. You know, it's like um, an emotional spa every time you you meet with with some people. So for me, you you're great. I love to talk to you, Heather. I feel that you are so good listening and understanding people. And if you don't understand, you ask again. You know, and that makes me feel secure. And you see the the human side, but sometimes we are not human with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think that's that's really good. And those are some of the practices. How would you um, say that you use some of those practices in terms of when you relate to God or when you try to connect with God? Like you named that in the past there has been that anxious feeling that comes or not really certain if God is, you're connected to God or needing to strive to stay connected to God. Um how do you see the practices that you just named in relationship to other people, like slowing down so you understand why 
you're reacting the way that you are to another person or even to God, um, being conscious, um, identifying spaces where you can be vulnerable and intimate, and then even noticing if you don't have those, like that's its own kind of information. Um, yeah, when you think about it, connecting with or developing that same kind of intimacy with God, what are some of the, how have you used some of those tools in your relationship with God? Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because um, in in Eden with Adam, something like that happened when they commit sin, right? Like they start hiding. And it's something that happened to me too. When I feel that um, something is going wrong with God, I try to hide. I try to be far. And I start telling myself a lot of things like my relationship with him, it's not going to work, right? Or that he's mad at me and that it's going to be so hard to, to reconnect. But just like in the garden, he comes always back, you know, and I just need to pray about it. I just need to be honest about it. I love that God didn't accuse them, even knowing what had happened. He was um, open to the conversation. He had questions. So I do the same. And sometimes something that helps me is find a person <laughs> that I can talk to them about how I'm feeling with God or what I think it's going wrong. But I try to don't be legalistic about things, you know, like this is not because I am not doing something that he wants me to be doing necessarily because uh, we, in my opinion, we are so used to believe that God wants us to be happy and that's not necessarily truth. I think God wants our well-being. And in the Bible, that's clear. Even in James, he says, when you're in the middle of right troubles. So for me, it's recognizing that I need him all the time. You know, not just when I'm having um, bad times or when I'm having great times. I need him all the time. And even if I'm confused even if I feel far I just need to come closer and be vulnerable tell him how I'm feeling um, the Psalms are full of David being vulnerable right so it's being honest and even I remember a period of my life when I was praying a lot like God helped me to have faith because sometimes it was so hard to believe and and even in that type of prayer, I think you are keeping a secure attachment. You know, you are keeping the bond. Even in silence, we we show up. We are there, and we are trying to connect with what what I really want to tell God. What type of relationship I want to have with Him? How am I listening to Him? I think being intentional in that way uh, helps a lot. But I want to ask you, like, how do you think we could do that? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, I think what you're saying about attachment, if we feel anxious or if we feel like we want to keep distant, I do think that those kinds of behaviors do translate into our relationship with God. 
And I think, like you said before, security comes from the notion that God like is wanting to be connected to us or that God is not viewing us through the lens of punishment or condemnation or but that God is viewing us through the lens of love. And I think sometimes that's really difficult to believe about God, that God is viewing us through the lens of love. And I think what you were saying earlier about the way that we either have come to understand the way that we're viewed, like whether we're viewed through the eyes of criticism or whether we're viewed through the eyes of perfectionism or whether we're viewed through the eyes of like oh you just like hard work is what gives you and earns you love or we're viewed through um like there's that the the sense is that in our relationships with others there's an insecurity that can be born in us because of our experiences I think we do translate that into how we're perceiving ourselves in relation to God And so then I think, what does it look like to develop that security? Um, I think that's why I loved the tools that you said, because I think those tools are applicable to God, that if we slow down, oh, what is it that I think right now that God thinks about me? Oh, what is it that I believe right now that God believes about me? Why do I think that? Oh, I think God is angry at me. Like, oh, I believe that God um, wants more from me. Or I believe that God doesn't even want to be in my presence right now. Like those, that's slowing down and paying attention to what is happening either in the body or in the mind um, gives us really good information on why we're behaving the, the way that we are in relation to God. So that tool was so beautiful And then, so being conscious, and then we can take those thoughts to somebody like, this is what I, if we feel like we can trust that other person. Um, And then maybe it's just bringing those things to God. Like, I believe that you're angry at me. It's that space where we then are vulnerable. We develop vulnerability with God by naming those things to God. Um, And I think, that when I think about feeling that sense of security, it's that we under we we can access the fact that we're known and understood, you know. And so I think oftentimes God isn't it, it, that's not the place where some people find that really deep sense of known and understoodness. For many there are, but for others it's not. So it's like, oh, how do you develop that with God? Um. And I think sometimes going outside into, into a beautiful place, um, seeing something naturally beautiful can become an invitation of understanding what it means to be connected to God and being prayerful in a place that is invitational in that way. So speaking to God outside. Um, and like you said, with people, um, learning to understand who God is in connection to other people is also Um, But I do think what you said, most especially about being conscious, like if we're not conscious about ourselves and how we're relating to God, we can perpetuate this like cycle of insecurity or cycle of shame or um, cycle of avoidance. And mostly because we're not paying attention to why 
we're relating to God in the ways that we are. Mm-hmm. I love when you were saying about how I think God is feeling about me, that sometimes we can be putting on God how we are feeling about ourselves. Maybe I am mad about something that I did and I didn't want to do. And I think that now God is mad at me because of that. Or maybe I'm feeling sad for any reason and I can attribute that to God and I can start having a bad relationship with him because I'm not really clear about my feelings with myself. So I I think it's great when we take the time to work in our relationship with God because that helps us to know ourselves better too. And like we were saying, like just taking the time to understand this, it's going to definitely change in a way. Even if we want to keep doing the things we are doing, we're going to do it in, in more conscious, you know, and we could be more intentional in our actions. So, yeah, I, I love that question too. I love that you just said that too, because I know in the past we've talked about I mean, that's such a beautiful statement. Like we might be aware of what we're doing, but we still might not want to change or like you've talked about that and you gave an example of sitting on the, the ocean. I don't know if you want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, we were saying about how we can know ourselves better and our emotions and everything. And I feel that I have a lot of tools that will help me to, to know how I'm feeling about this immigration process and stuff. But it's like, I got ready. I put my, my bathing suit on or whatever to go to the ocean, but I really, I can see the ocean. I can appreciate everything that it's happening, but I really don't want to get into there. And sometimes I don't feel ready even when I really want to be ready. Mm. So just being aware of that. Mm. And I feel that in my conversations uh, with you, for example, it's what you're saying. Like, it's like, yeah, I, I really want to know myself better. I want to know my emotions, but right now I just can feel them. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's completely valid. And knowing that I have a mix of emotions, that's my start point. And sometimes I'm not ready to to go to to jump really into every single detail but I'm doing my best and came in like one step at a time and I think that's really important because it can feel overwhelming sometimes to 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 recognize like oh yeah I'm noticing that these things are true and I'm not really in the mood to change any of them or I don't have the energy to change any of them or I don't know that I have a next step to take what do you think is the motivation for taking the risks of vulnerability because we've said that it we take these risks like sometimes slowing down feels really risky sometimes um, being conscious of ourselves feels really risky sometimes or most of the time being vulnerable or pursuing intimacy is is risky um why would you say that the risk is worth it, Johnny? I think it's worth it because we can work and maybe not completely change, but definitely you can feel better about your relationship with others. And 
in my case, for example, I remember how I used to feel anxious all the time. I used to feel insecure all the time. Every day was a challenge emotionally um, about my relationships. I used to feel pretty insecure, but being aware of this, I start working mainly in my internal dialogues because people, they have their attachments. For example, I got married with a person who gave me a really secure attachment. I feel really secure with him. But even when he gives, gives me that, I could feel anxious. And in my head, I could have conversations like he maybe doesn't like the way I look or I made this comment and that could change change his mind about me or I can... I can feel anxious, right? Not secure. And but knowing what I know about myself now, I can tell myself like, no, Joanne, relax. Uh, this is just in your head. And the same about God. If I know that God is always there for me, that He loves me, that He understands that I'm I make mistakes, I'm human, I can relax you know, and I can, I don't need to be too hard on myself or thinking that he's walking far from me because I did something. I can see him like in the garden coming to ask me like, how are you? What, what is going on? Right. And I can be vulnerable with him, not feeling that anxiety or not feeling that I have to lie to cover um, something that I did wrong, because that's part of the problem. I can based on my insecurity, I could start being a completely different person or showing that I am something that I am not just to have this uh, fake sense of being, right? So uh, I think the motivation is the opportunity to be true to myself, to have good relationship with others and having a better relationship with God and feeling loved by who I really am, right? So I think that's the best motivation. I think that's the best motivation too. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It was great to have this conversation with you. I hope we can have many others. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I hope by hearing Joanne's story and her own experiences, you're inspired and have picked up a few ideas for practices that might be helpful in your everyday life to step you toward deeper security. Next week, we'll be joined by Virginia Brewster, who's also a licensed professional counsellor and lives in Maine. Her work has found her in connection with kids and people with criminal behaviours. Both benefit from the insight that comes from attachment theory. Kids, because they're learning how to relate to others in the context of families and community, and those with criminal behaviours because they've often caused significant damage in relationship and usually have had significant personal damage in their own relationships. Virginia loves to talk to people about learning to trust and how to feel safe and learn to be safe for others. Next week's podcast will give us some more tools for how we can develop trusted connections with God and others. I hope you'll join us.